This is your Friday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to be back for final show of the week. It's been a fun week, and this is a uh, no exception on this show. Adrian Heath, manager of Minnesota United soccer team, will join me here in just a little while. Always love to catch up with Adrian, talk about the season, talk about whatever else is on his mind. Um, always an enlightening conversation, so I hope you enjoy that here in just a few minutes. Got some uh, Gophers football stuff towards the end of the show. Minnesota Lynx, a big win. We'll get to that here in a few minutes. First, though, what did I miss? Let's start with the Twins today because I feel like things were pretty negative <clears throat> when they played uh, Milwaukee here a little while ago in Milwaukee. Two-game series where things got out of hand in the bullpen. They had leads in the middle innings, especially the game on Wednesday where they had that sizable three-run lead in the middle innings, let it get away. The bullpen couldn't hold on to it. Next thing you know, it's a, it's a loss, and it feels like things are starting to slip away a little bit in the division race. Well, Thursday was pretty much the complete opposite. The kind of game where they're down, I think, 5-2 to two in the middle innings. Pablo Lopez has not had anywhere near his best start of the year. He's been tremendous lately, but gave up five runs, 10 hits in five innings. So they get that 5-2 deficit. It's looking like, uh-oh, you know, another negative game. Now, that when they started the game, they already knew that Cleveland had lost twice. Um, once the makeup of a suspended game or the continuation of a suspended game and once the regular game against the Dodgers. So they knew that was there was not that the pressure wasn't necessarily there, but you know, still down five to two, you're back at home, you're playing Texas, a team that had been struggling, but a team that by and large this season has been very good. And then they get kind of the, the opposite effect of the nights before, right? They get tremendous bullpen work. Josh Winder, don't want to underrate what he did in this game. The three scoreless and hitless innings for the Twins in this game. Ostensibly middle relief. And when he comes in, they're down three runs. He's got he's harboring no illusions about you know his role in this game. But he, he keeps it right where it is. The Twins start to chip away, get some solo home runs. Michael A. Taylor, two home runs in this game. He's got 19 this year. Little segue here. Where would they be? this year without Michael A. Taylor, considering that Byron Buxton has not played a single inning in the outfield all season, considering that Michael A. Taylor has not only given them very good defense in the outfield, but has hit 19 home runs. He's not great at the plate. His OPS is like 730 right now. He barely walks. His on-base is terrible, but he runs into one just enough to make him a functional player, especially at the bottom of the lineup. But he's been hitting well lately. He's got three home runs in his last two games now, and he has given them a stability there in center field where they don't have to patch it together. They can basically say, this is your spot. You're going to play the vast majority of the time, and that's taken the pressure off of having to put Buxton back out there before he's healthy, before he's ready, things like that. So Taylor does it again. So they get it to 5-4 going into the eighth. Winder's giving them a third straight scoreless inning, and then they get the real rally going. Um, big hit from Carlos Correa, who ties the game. Double play by Max Kepler. Looks like the rally's going to fizzle, but then Ryan Jeffers comes in, hits that pinch hit, two-run home run, 7-5. Griffin Jacks closes it down in the ninth because Joan Duran had pitched basically two innings the day before in Milwaukee trying to close out that win when he could not do that. So big, right? Your ace is on the mound. He only gives you five innings of five runs. A lot of your best bullpen guys are either not available or limited availability because of all the work they had in Milwaukee. 
You're down 5-2 in the middle innings. You still find a way to come back and win on another hot night. You gain a game and a half on your closest competitor. You're up 6 now with 34 to play. Just a really, really good win. If we've talked about bad losses enough, this was a really, really good win. This is the kind of win where they'll look back on it and say, okay, you know, A, it's, it's the kind of win, like Royce Lewis might say, that, that you have to kind of have in the postseason. You battle, you come back, you get some unexpected performances, and you get it done. And B, one of those wins where it starts to help you solidify your position. Six up with 34 left is not, you know, they're not, they don't, they haven't won anything, just like I tried to say earlier this week, but that has to feel a lot better than where they were a couple of days ago. So big win for the Twins in this one, and uh, a lot of performances that were, uh, that, 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 that fueled that victory. Now the Lynx, same thing. It was, a, it was a night of big wins for the, for the, for Minnesota teams. The Lynx beat Dallas for the second time in three nights, and there was a lot of sparks flying the game before. You might realize, remember we talked about that on Wednesday show, I think. Um, Dallas player calling the Lynx fans disgusting after they cheered for her injury. There was ejections, fan ejections. There was a flagrant foul. There's a lot of stuff going on, especially at the end of that game. We were wondering if there would be fireworks in this game. Instead, there was more of just a hard-fought game. The Lynx took a big lead in the third quarter. Dallas rallied. This one was in Dallas, but the Lynx held on to win this game, get themselves back to 17-17, and 17, back to 500. They've been there a few times this year after that awful 0-6 start. They haven't been able to eclipse that yet, but they've gotten back to that mark. They're just a game out now of the fourth spot in the WNBA playoff race. That would give them home court advantage in the first round of the postseason with just a handful of games left to play here. So that's a big thing. They're very Their, their playoff spot is solid right now, but they're chasing home court now. So that was basically like a you would have never thought that early in the year where I thought, hey, all they got to play for now is a 2024 draft pick. They have proven that they are beyond that, that they are a playoff team this year. And, you know, it showed in this atmosphere. Cheryl Reeve, head coach of the Lynx afterwards, had this to say about what she expected of the game going in and what and how it transpired. I mean, we were locked in, you know, we can't get caught up in, you know, whatever they need to motivate them, whatever. That, that's beyond our control. Um, we, we were locked in on regardless of the reason why they'd be excited, they're home. Um, you know, they're a good team. You know, they're fighting for a playoff positioning. So put whatever reasons on it that they might be excited to, you know, to play uh, tonight. And um, and so I think given all that and 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 being able to, to be steady, um, there were runs both directions. Um, third quarter, third quarter, just how we came out of the locker room and how we executed. And, and we found, we found spaces where, um, that, that maybe, um, you know, Dallas started to kind of, uh, crack a little bit and, uh, and then obviously they got back, got back in it and, uh, you know, we kind of had to hang on at the end. So overall, I'd say this, if we were ripping the links earlier in the year, we got to praise them right now back to 500 after that Owen six start, meaning they were 17 and 11 since that 0-6 start. The Twins, if we ripped Rocco Baldelli for how he handled the bullpen in previous games, you got to give him credit for this one, leaving Winder out for three innings, letting him get them to the ninth inning, trusting that he was going to have enough to get through that last third inning of relief. If we're quick to criticize, we got to be quick to praise as well. Those were two good wins for Minnesota teams tonight, solidifying playoff position. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, premixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. 
With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Adrian, good to see you again. You too. Um, congrats on a good run in the League's Cup, and you've played one match, obviously, since then in the League and probably carried some of that momentum, yeah. I think, into into now back into MLS play. But I wanted to ask you about the League's Cup in general just because it's the first year of it, yeah. and I wasn't quite sure what to think of it when it got announced and when it got started, but it seems like this was a good... It seems like it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, I, I think like most people were all a bit... Uh, apprehensive how it was going to be but I, I very much as I thought I thought that once we got past the the group stages I thought the games would pick up significantly the mm-hmm. the importance and the intensity and that that's what happened you know we got to the last eight um, considering there was 47 teams mm-hmm. there's another 39 that probably we would have liked to have been where we were but um, apart from the last 30 minutes in Nashville mm-hmm. when we were down to 10 men and we yeah. We chased the game. It was a it was a good tournament for us. We had, you know, a huge win down in Columbus. You look at their results this year and their home form. Sort of go there and win, albeit on a penalty shootout, was terrific. You know, we had a couple of games at home where we played with ten men and we mm-hmm. managed to come through. So I think there were some really good nights for us at home. Some really good uh, occasions. The atmosphere in the stadium was terrific. Our supporters were magnificent again. Yeah, so it was. Uh, I think the tournament is here to stay. I think it will grow. I think it will. The importance of it will mm-hmm. certainly resonate. I yeah. think with the yeah. Mexican players as well. Yeah. yeah, you know that was the one thing that I w- I wanted to see. I've always knew, like we all do, that the Monterrey, the Tigres, Chivas, Club America, we all know they're very very good. Mm-hmm. I think that what might have surprised people was the depth of the MLS. Yeah, you know because. You know, we ended up with two teams in the final. I think that, you know, our depth and the intensity of the play that we did might have surprised one or two of the Mexican teams. But I'm no doubt they will be back next year with a, yeah. you know, a renewed vigor, shall we yeah. say. I've, you know, before we get to some other stuff, I, I've seen multiple people. I think Messi got asked about this, and he's he's been given a lot of kind of credence to... MLS and obviously they they go yeah. and, they go and win this cup, but yeah. they um, just the talk of the growth of this league and kind of its yeah. place on uh, in the in the larger yeah. soccer ecosystem. You see that you, you, that's a good, it's been a talking point lately. I feel like in particular, where, where, how do you see that evolution? Well, I, I think that the fact that Messi's here, mm-hmm. obviously, more eyes have come on to sure. than ever before. Yeah, you only have to look at the numbers. Yeah, you know, I think into Miami's. Social media went from yeah. seven, eight hundred thousand to yeah. fourteen million yeah. or something. And, and, he's done, and he's done okay so far. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's played all right. And um, yeah, that was one. That's, it's a strange one. Somebody said to me, "Are you surprised Messi's scored?" <laughs> I go, "He's got eight hundred league goals in his career. It's not just here that he's scored." Right, you know? right. And uh, but for me, I think it's been great that the fact that the the, the eyes of the world have been upon the league, and I think the league has done really well. And I think the great thing is you can tell that Messi's enjoying being here. Yeah. When I saw his reaction when the young player yeah. scored the winning penalty against Dallas. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is a guy who's won every personal and collective accolade you could win. And you could just see the joy on his face. 
and he's won the third, you know, the quarter final of the uh, mm-hmm. the, the inaugural League's Cup. So, no, he's done great. Um, obviously, Busquets coming, Jordi Alba. You know, I think that um, I think the league the league is there's been a light shine not shone on it, and it and it's shone very brightly on the league. And I think that you know him, him coming now, I think will open the door for a lot more of the players. Mm-hmm. What did you throughout the League's Cup? What did you learn about your team? What did you learn about United that maybe you wanted to learn and kind of like it just kind of felt like you found your form along the way somewhere? Yeah, we there. did, and I think obviously the, the more you know we spoke about it when when they know so and Cookie got back and and Bongi, and we, the more we could get them try and work it all on the same page. I think that came through. Um, I think one of the things it, it taught us certainly against the Mexican teams that if you give the ball away cheaply invariably mm-hmm. it's a while to get it back because yeah. they're very good at circulating the ball yeah. yeah and you know they spread you, spread you out all over the field I'm thinking more they like the Toluca game you know it's strange because we played Puebla mm-hmm. and we go down to 10 men and we win 4 comfortably Yeah, and then we go we turn it up when we lose a man against Toluca and then it's 2-2 and we end up winning on penalties they actually showed you how to play with 10 men. They stretched you wide. They made sure they got them little overloads and them little areas in midfield. So there was there was plenty of learning lessons for sure. But the one good thing was I thought that we showed that we can compete. And I mean compete with anybody. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you mentioned you've multiple times over the years when we've talked, you've talked, you know, you're only sometimes as good as your players, right? Like when you yeah. get Reynoso and you get... Yeah. You know, Puki, like you said, kind of integrated into this. Yeah. Bongi's come on, and it sounds yeah. like hopefully we'll talk about him, but maybe his injury doesn't let me look as bad mm-hmm. as, as you maybe could have feared. But um, that combination of guys together, but let's start with Reynoso. I mean, when, last time we talked, like there was some great uncertainty about what this was going to be. What have you, how has that been now, now that he's here and yeah. kind of seems like, Kind of seems to a degree like nothing, nothing changed because he's yeah. just he's the same guy to a large well, degree. The one thing, from from my point of view, was I said to Ray the first day he got in, and I've got a really good open relationship yeah. with him. You know, I, I let him know when I don't mm-hmm. think he's working hard enough, or I don't think he's playing well enough, and he takes it. You know, but the one thing I said to him when he got back here, I said, Ray, in this situation, talk's going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. It's going to be by your actions. Yeah what you do on the field what you do day to day out here is going to be whether you regain the trust of everybody in, internally in the club I can't speak highly enough of him since he come back yeah not Mr. Beats he's trained every day uh, working really really hard he's got himself physically in really really good shape and as you just touched on before no disrespect but not just in soccer not just in football you do without you your main quarterback the NFL yeah. team's not yeah. the same take yeah. LeBron out the Lakers I'll be yeah. the same no, no. He's, and he's our best player we, yes. can, we can't hide the fact that our best player wasn't here for half a season yeah the fact that we've suddenly started to play better and no. not offensively uh-huh. shouldn't really surprise too many people you know because you have your best player back. Yeah. And, and you've added it's not just him there's a synergy that he brings to mm. you that makes good players better and you, you, you put and the, you put Pookie with him and Bongi has come on yeah. like the, but the crowd as well like, yeah, yeah. people forget that right we've got a player that when the ball goes to him yeah. people hold the breath and go yeah. what's he going to do now you know yeah. so it's not just the, the teammates it's, mm-hmm. it's everybody connected in the club the supporters and um, no he's, he's been terrific 
Um, I know Timu's been disappointed in his goal output, but you know I can see him scoring lots of goals with Ray. Um, he keeps getting in the right spots. They'll come as he's always done. And you know we spoke in the off season with Bongi about mm-hmm. hey, the next part of your game that you need to develop. You've got to start scoring more goals. Yeah, I could have been speaking to you this time last year, and he could have been sitting on the same amount of goals with the opportunities that he had. Sure. This year he's starting to take them opportunities. Yeah. You know, even this weekend, he had two great chances again this weekend in New York. Yeah. You know, so uh, he's working so hard to get himself in them real good spots. And, you know, we've spoke to him about watching where Pookie goes because mm-hmm. Pookie's taking people to the near post. Can you find the, the seams that get yeah. left behind, the spaces that get left behind? And he's done brilliantly. And, um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him the way he's come back and he's worked so hard both sides of the ball his physical data is off the charts the amount of distance he covers mm-hmm. high speed running and I'm a firm believer that you get out of life generally what you put in it yeah. and he's getting the rewards for all the hard work he's put in what do you you know scoring goals it just it no. seems so obvious it's the object of the game but yeah. like there's there's people who just seem to be natural finishers yeah. or they've become that yeah. over time oh how what is it in those moments that makes like what's the difference? What's that fraction? What's that? What's that thing where you where you can say you got to get better in this like one little thing, yeah. and then you're going to be scoring 15 goals instead of four? I think there's a few things you have to keep believing because trust me, I've been there mm-hmm. when you're a goal scorer mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. them spells where five six games, whatever you do, nothing comes off. And so you have to keep believing. Okay. The next one is try and be as natural as it can be okay. don't overthink it mm-hmm. don't if you know it's a one touch finish do it with one touch don't think I have to make sure because invariably you don't get that second yeah. you've got okay. it so believe keep believing in what you're doing try and be as natural as you possibly can don't overthink it but the most important thing keep getting in the areas where you know you're going to score mm-hmm. you know I said to Bongi you've got to get in the I call them one touch finish positions yeah, yeah. so you're close enough to the goal that nearly everything is a one touch finish mm-hmm. but then he's ended up with you know what you've seen the goal where he wants <laughs> right. to shoot and he takes his time and that's all that's a bit of confidence yeah. you know his confidence is sky high now but without his ability and his willingness to get in the right spot he doesn't get these opportunities so how do you take then what you did in the League's Cup and you started to do it already mm-hmm. you had the, the 2 nothing result you've got a couple home matches coming up, I, I believe. How do you kind of take that and carry it over to the rest of your season? Because if you just look at on a, on balance, and you know your season's been kind of marked by Ray wasn't here, yeah. Ray is here, so you're a different yeah. team now. But like if you look at it in a whole, you're like the wins, losses, and draws are almost identical right now. Like how do you take that to the next level? Now? Well, I, there's a couple of things as well. We, we've been without Robbie Lowe yeah. which will be for half a season. Yeah. Who, what anybody thinks is yeah. one of our best players. Yes. So that's been a huge loss. Sure. Obviously, been offset a little bit because Ray's come back yes, and right. sparked an yes. awful lot of other stuff right. off. I spoke to the players. We had a big meeting last week, and I said we've got a third of the season left. We've got twelve games. We probably need to win at least five. Mm-hmm. Do I believe we can do that? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know I take a lot of satisfaction as that we're the only team in the West that's made the playoffs four years on yeah. the trot. Right. And when you consider the teams in the West, mm-hmm. the LA's, mm-hmm. Seattle, Portland. You know, we and I, as I said to the players, I don't want to take this lightly. I want to finish in the playoffs again. Yeah. I actually believe 
that we're in a uh, position where we can actually challenge to get ourselves home field advantage in the playoffs. So top, there's that top four. four? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I look, I've looked at all of our fixtures. If we play like I know we can, and we can start to get our own form mm-hmm. going, which is going to be important. Got seven games left at home mm-hmm. out of eleven. Mm-hmm. If we can win five or six of them, that'll put us in a great spot. Does that involve? I mean, when you when every when the margins are thin, or when tactically you you know you can do different things. Do you want to or need to play differently home versus away with with the with the side you have? Do you do you attack more, go forward more in one case, or and, and stay back I, I think, more? I, I, I know when we're at our best at home. Yeah, we're on the front foot. Mm-hmm. We're playing in the opposition's off. Mm-hmm. We get our crowd. Yeah, we're terrific at home. Yeah, we get them involved in the game. But as I said to the players, I can't keep going to the supporters. Hey, we need you this weekend. <laughs> right, we have right. to give them something. Yeah, and by giving them something, it's mm-hmm. shots, it's crosses, yeah. it's corners, it's balls in the box, mm-hmm. winning tackles, winning headers, mm-hmm. playing in the opposition's off. Yeah, playing on the front foot, as we call it. If we do that, we're a far better team. Away from home, I'm not worried about the defensive shape, yeah. low block, yeah. invite teams on to us, catch them on the counter-attack. We've had six wins now. Yeah. It's joint top in the MLS yeah. with Salt Lake and uh, Orlando. So we're doing something right on the road, like we did this weekend. Mm-hmm. What we've got to do now is start to get on the front foot a little bit more at home, put team, make, make it uncomfortable for people to come and play here. And when we're at the best, that's what we do. You mentioned energy a couple times. I mean, I, sometimes I think we in the media maybe overrate the crowd or the atmosphere or something like that. But you, what you're kind of telling me is that this no. this can matter. This, oh, this it's is huge. Yeah. It's huge. That synergy between the team and its supporters. Mm-hmm. I, I look at them, you know, them stadiums in England. Like yeah. I played at Everton. Yeah. I played Goodison Park when it's bouncing. Mm-hmm. But it's a two-way thing. Mm-hmm. We, you need to give them something to get behind and we haven't done enough of that at home this year we've done it I thought we started to get a little bit back in the Leeds Cup mm-hmm. started to get the crowd energised and we need that and we're going to need it in all our home games yeah and that starts what su- Sunday. Sunday is, is Seattle. Seattle right yeah. and that's yeah and they got beat this weekend so that won't be any easier because mm-hmm. you know I know what Smets is like the coach he'll, yeah. he'll, uh, <laughs> he'll be getting after him this week so uh, it, it's always tough they're, they're a really good side they've got you know, spent a fortune on their group. Yeah. You know, and the likes of Rui Diaz, the Laderos, Jordan Morris, Roldan, Chewy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they're all big players in our league, so it won't get any easier. But I know we're capable at home. There is a disparity between what teams spend yeah. in this league. Is that ever? I mean, it's kind of like baseball, where you got a wide variance. There's other sports like NFL, NBA, where it's almost like everybody has to NHL. Everybody yeah. kind of has to spend some because it's a salary cap, right. or there's a or there's there's rules. I mean, I know there's rules here, but there's ways around rules. Things yeah, like that. Like, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I sometimes you didn't sort of look on and envy at some of the players that some of the clubs have bought. Yeah, you know, we we aren't going to spend ten million on a player. Right. We spent five on Ray, and look what yeah. we got. Yeah. You know, so right. we spent it wisely with him. Um, no, I think everybody's situation is completely different. You know, the expectation of each club is different, mm-hmm. but. You can't just ignore the fact that one club spends mm-hmm. 100 million and one team spends 30. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's you know, a big you, deal. You can't, you can't look at a league table and go, well, I expect to be where they are. Well, sometimes you could turn around and go, well, 
give me hundred million. I, I think there's a good chance. <laughs> right. There's a good chance we could be there. Right. You know, but it it doesn't work every time. You look yeah. at Toronto. Yeah. You know, they've got probably the highest payroll now in the league by a long way. They nearly bottom of the old yeah. MLS. So you've got to spend it wisely. Yeah. Um but no, I, I, I think that we get a really good amount out of our players. Yeah. I really do. And um we got good value for a lot of the players as well. A couple more things, Adrian. What, what did you? What do you think of the, the playoff format? Now you get the, the play in and stuff like that. How, what do you think of that? Do you think that incentivizes more teams to stay competitive? How do you feel about? I, that? I think it keeps the season alive for a lot more teams. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I, I always remember when the playoffs came into England, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "This is this is another Americanism. What are we doing?" <laughs> and now the playoffs is probably the best thing right, that ever happened right. to the English Premier, uh, not the Premier League, the, the Championship. Right, that yeah. playoff to get into the Premier League is yeah. incredible, and um, yeah, I think the more teams that can be involved, the better. Obviously, I think the fact that if you're in the finish in the top four, you get home field advantage. I think is only fair because mm-hmm. you've got to have some reward yeah. for having a more consistent season. Yeah, I know that we're capable. We've just I've just said about wherever we finish in the playoffs, we've won six games on the road so far this year. Yeah, we can go anywhere and win. Or I would like to. In our own hands, playing in uh, Italians, I have to say. Yes. Would you, uh, country pride from England making a run all the way to the finals in the Women's Cup? Yeah. Um, I, for me, Michael, to tell people in America the growth of the women's game would be very hard for, to understand. Yeah. Like, I don't know, there's nobody in my generation who ever played it. Yeah. So for us now to have this thriving league, yeah. for clubs to be building stadiums for these. You know, women. It's yeah. I, I think we've done an incredible job. The, the growth in the ladies' game in the UK is. I, I I never thought I'd see it. I can't explain it to you. You know, my my daughter, great athlete. Yeah. Never played soccer. Really? Okay. Now she'd have the opportunity, but these kids have got now, and the fact that we've got we won the Euros. You know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the we got to the final. The women's game in in Europe in general, I think, but certainly in England. Is you know it's boom time, so I'm really proud of him, really pleased for him, and uh, I don't think it's going to stop there. I think the, the game in the UK, you know, teams are on about having I mean, academies now just for the mm-hmm. so the only way is up. I think. What took so long? I mean, it, I don't, I don't know. It, yeah. It's strange, really, and because you know it's a great sport in sure. nature, yeah. everything that we try and yeah. we play, we try and compete right. at the highest level. So right. I don't know why it's taken so long, but I think the fact now that. All, all the big clubs have got women's teams yeah. all the big clubs now are starting academies for the mm-hmm. for the girls so you know it's 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 a great incentive for a young kid now that you not only can you play you can actually make yourself very rich and be yeah. famous yeah. which is what we all started doing before yeah. we love the game but we all wanted to play you want to be on the TV and like the England women now they're as famous as the men in England yeah. which is good what else are you? What else are you watching? What else have you been up to? What, are, what am I watching now? I've just started watching Painkillers. Painkillers. Pain I haven't watched that on, on Netflix. Apparently, opioids. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I see the. I, we have Netflix. I mean, we yeah. Them. It's our incredible. kids. Our kids dominate the TV. So yeah, I'm not sure. Um, what else? I'm, I'm just starting watching the Newcastle United documentary okay. on Prime, which is really really good. Just finished the Tour de France. Okay. Which was I don't know if you've watched. I didn't know. It's I didn't. fantastic. Okay. And. Uh, and then I, on the back of that, I watched the Mark Cavendish, the, the, yeah. the British cyclist, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> the guy is uh, certainly out there. So <laughs> I would, I would, 
if you, if you like human stories, yeah, you know, this is one for you. Okay. Final thing, we get you say eleven matches. You're kind of in the back, yeah. the back third of the schedule. Like, do you? You've talked about what's possible. What do you have like in your head? This is this is what defines success this year. This is this is what I think this team playoffs is a minimum requirement. Yeah. Okay, I know we're capable of that. Okay, and that that will be incredibly huge disappointment and a and a failure if we don't make the playoffs with this group. Okay. Um, once we're in, mm-hmm. we we have a chance, but I'm I'm not going to deny that uh, it would be failure if we don't make the playoffs. Do you feel compared to you've had teams in the last four years? You know, it's hard to compare mm-hmm. teams in you know situations like that. But how do you feel about if you get in this year's team's ability to compete when you get to the highest level like that? And the, the, like any team, it would we will go as far as our best players take us. Okay. You know, we need Ray to continue playing like he is. Yeah. And if Bongi can continue to score like he is, yeah. and we get Timu firing, we have a great chance. And Bongi seems like he's okay? I think so. He's a bit sore still. Um, but we're hopeful for the weekend. And what most important thing is, obviously, with losing Kevin Ariaga, yeah. with the lost Robin Lodi, you're yeah. thinking, here we go, don't let it be another one. Yeah. So even if he doesn't play on Sunday, which I think he will, I think he would definitely be open for the Wednesday or the, the following Saturday. Okay. Adrian, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Take care and good luck. Thank All you, right. Michael. Good to see you. Always appreciate my visits with Adrian Heath. I caught up with him earlier this week out at the National Sports Center in Blaine. Uh, one of my favorite people just to chat with, to talk to, to to kind of shoot the breeze with, but also to have on this podcast. Just a, a thoughtful guy, an honest guy, um, and someone who uh, who makes for makes for good podcasting as well because he will always give you uh, the truth and and always give you the the way he sees it. And, and you know the biggest thing he said: this will be a failure if they don't make the playoffs. They've done it. Four years in a row, trying to become the only team in the West to make it for the last five years. Said it'll be a failure if they don't do it. And I believe that. I think they are definitely good enough to be in the postseason. And if they can get into that home field, he's kind of studied it. He looks at the tables. He knows what it takes. If they can get home field, at least for that first round, you have to like their chances of advancing and getting maybe a deep run with the way they've been playing lately, especially with the momentum they have had from the League's Cup and how well they have been playing lately. Let's finish with the cooler to a different kind of football. Two things to mention here. One, go listen to the latest Access Vikings podcast. My colleagues Ben Gessling and Andrew Kramer have a lot of interesting insights into TJ Hawkinson's status, into the Trey Lance notion of, of you know the, his availability as in a potential trade with the 49ers, things like that. So check that out. That just came out on Thursday. And Gophers Football announcing that their opener next Thursday is a sellout against Nebraska at Huntington Bank Stadium. So if you're looking for tickets to that game, like Trevor Mabak, he was on Twitter the other day, or X, I should say, saying, hey, anybody got tickets for this game? Former Gopher basketball players. So tickets harder to come by, even if you are a legendary former Gopher athlete. That'll do it for me today. Plenty of good stuff coming up next week. I'll be out at the fair a few times. I'll give you that full schedule when I have everything locked down next week. But one thing I do know, or at least expect, is that next Wednesday, I will be out there talking to Wild General Manager Bill Guerin, and I will use that interview on a future podcast as well. So if you can't get out there, you can listen to that right here. Thanks for listening all week. Back at it again with Roycey on Monday.